Enjoying these episodes? Give us a shout out on social at Built On Air. We'd love to hear your comments and suggestions. So drop us a like and be sure to subscribe to catch new episodes when they release. It helps us keep the podcast going. Welcome to Built On Air, a podcast and video series about all things Airtable. In this episode, Miriam Hakobian gives us a deep dive into Softer.io, a platform for creating customized front-end solutions powered by Airtable. Softer allows users to create websites, web apps, and client portals complete with out-of-the-box user account management capabilities. Sporting a flexible user interface, Softer even allows you to show or hide page sections or whole pages from unauthenticated users. We talk about more of the platform's current features as well as new ones on the horizon, like the ability to edit Airtable data directly from within Softer. Thank you so much for being on the podcast and demonstrating such an interesting project for Airtable. How are you doing? Great. Thank you. And thanks for having me. Great to be here. And yeah, excited to to showcase a bit more about Softer. Yeah. So you're here to represent Softer. And I've noticed on the Airtable community forums and in our built-on-air Slack community, um, you and your team have been updating us over time about new features being released for Softer and all the great things that you can build with it. We'll get into what it can do a little bit later in the episode when you demonstrate for us. But I just wanted to learn a little bit more about you and how you came to work with Softer and the rest of the dev team. Yeah, of course, for sure. So uh, my background is in product and tech. Uh, similarly, my co-founders as well. And we basically have been building software products for quite a long time by with code, <laughs> obviously, uh, as engineers. And then we just have seen really lots of repetition in every other, co- other company we worked for. We just kept building the same things over and over. And all of the same functionality, like every other app has authentication, payments, and all of this stuff. And then at one point, we just, out of our frustration, we thought, why not have a platform where all of these repetitive components are offered as really building blocks out of the box in the platform. And then on top of that, companies or individuals can build only what's unique to their business. That's really how we started Softer. And then while kind of navigating and really seeing the no-code as kind of community and understanding what other no-code tools are out there, we realized there is a big gap in the market, which is really on one hand, there are lots of tools that are really easy to use, but also very simplistic. You can just build static websites with those. And then on the other hand, there are tools which are pretty powerful, like Bubble, Webflow, but they are really for specific, either too technical and complex, or also really targeting uh, a bit more technical, um, tech-savvy people. And the gap really for us, and that's where, where we want software to really be kind of the go-to platform is ease of use and powerfulness, powerful basically. Really something that is very easy to use for anyone without any tech background, but also at the same time powerful. So you can really build end-to-end full stack applications on software. As a contact, just wanted to add that as in terms of use cases, you of course can build websites and landing pages on software, but also beyond that, you can build things like marketplaces, online communities, paid courses, and also portals, employee portals, customer portals. They are like use cases are really, really huge uh, like and vast uh, just because we offer kind of the building blocks as Lego bricks. And then on top, people use the Lego bricks and they build as many Legos as whatever type of Lego they want. Great. Um, so obviously you and your team want to build something that anybody can 
jump into and start building, um, building with, did that kind of help inform your decision to use Airtable as a data source for software? Because Airtable's kind of whole focus is we have all this great UI that it's fairly easy to kind of, you know, learn your way through. Um, or did you already go in with your mindset? We're going to build it and we have Airtable on our, on our mind. No, it's the first. Exactly. Uh, it did help. So in the beginning when we started, we didn't necessarily focus on Airtable. Like end goal for uh, for software is really to be a platform where you can use any kind of backend. It doesn't necessarily have to be Airtable, but we just saw really huge demand from people, first of all, already using Airtable, but then also figured out that really people love Airtable and they find it to be so easy. And, you know, relational databases is not something easy, right? Everyone doesn't really get into that right away and start using it. And um, Airtable has already that kind of ease of use and still the power behind of the database. And yeah, that's the reason really like basically both sides. There, there was huge demand, but also on the other hand, we wanted to keep it as simple as possible, at least to start with. And then beyond that, yeah, we could still evolve and do lots of things beyond that. But um, for the beginning, um, that was the perfect choice. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and there are kind of a lot of outward facing or public facing um, integrations now out there for Airtable to make, you know, landing pages or more full fledged websites all have their pros and cons, of course. Um, but with softer, when you were building it and you came to the conclusion, we're going to uh, build or focus at least a portion of our product on the Airtable community. Were you inspired by some of the other options out there or were you um, kind of still stemming from the original um, goal you, you had mentioned earlier with we were building these same kind of tools over and over again. We're going to perfect those tools. Yeah, exactly. That was that was the main goal in the beginning and the mission we kind of followed. And we just saw uh, also in the community and also, you know, in Airtable universe, everywhere we looked, people were building insanely um, like powerful stuff with Airtable, right? Just on the back end, just the databases. And we just saw people use it for so many different things. Almost their entire life is <laughs> is built in, in um, Airtable. And As that's just kind be. of... Yeah. <laughs> and that just lives kind of, should run off of Airtable. <laughs> that is the one it thing. It just kind of helped us realize that, yeah, the use case is really broad and people use it for completely random stuff. Even though like while talking to customers, to different people, we understood there are quite some limitations. And for some things, it just doesn't make sense, right? Or they want to have a nice presentable feature like functionality on the front end uh, or different access controls etc but also the community basically empowered us really to look for different use cases and to understand why people use Airtable for which use cases. Was there have you come across a particular use case that uh, sort of surprised you um, or made you think oh maybe we do need to build that feature? Um. I wouldn't say something like very specific, but uh, yeah, it kind of all of the features that we have built has been kind of an evolution of the feedback from customers. So in the beginning, for example, we did we, we would never imagine like this rating field that Airtable provides is so crucial or like people love it um, and showcase that on the front end. Or uh, we, when we started, even right now, we are still building it, but we don't have this editing capability of, um, you know, editing data on the front end, which is something you only 
can do while entering into Airtable. It's still a bit becoming messy, right? Once you have a big Airtable and you have a big team using that Airtable basis. And uh, basically that functionality, for example, just updating data from the front end is something, again, we, we realized after having customers seeing different use cases and then just just uh, kind of as a next step for us. Um, yeah, so all of all of the the functionalities, the features were really just just nice realizations of talking to customers, understanding yeah what's the next next thing that really people want to have in their applications. Sure, um, you brought up something that made me think about something. Uh, Airtable's rating field, um, they have. Uh, specific icons that they use to represent a rating like five out of five stars or thumbs up or hearts. Um, and uh, a couple of the fields that are possible in Airtable have a very specific kind of design to them, um, like linked record fields or that blue box with little rounded corners. When you were building Softer, obviously Softer is, builds a front end for people and you want to give people flexibility with how things are represented on, on their sites or on their apps. Were you guys kind of like, should we use Airtable's design for these types of fields or was it more moving towards uh, flexibility? No, it, it's it, it's exactly. So uh, having more flexibility and control of the design that you want, it's completely independent of Airtable. Just first of all, because as well, we might have other backends, right? Airtable is just one of the use cases and sure. we are using their API. And in many cases, you don't get everything also from Airtable's API. But um, also just um, in terms of control of design and flexibility, this is something we want to completely empower the users the one who is building the application just decide like what colors they want to have, what types of uh, icons, what types of fields, etc. Glad to hear. Um, I know we're Airtable all the time over here, but what kind of other backends might someone use mm -hmm. for softer? Yeah, so at the moment it's just Airtable, but uh, we plan as well in the future to have Google Sheets, potentially Notion once they have their API, and also um, databases inside software um, that has to be um, made much easier because it's usually difficult for people to create databases from scratch, mm -hmm. but uh, we want to make it in a way that it, lots of things are automatically done for the customer. But yeah, once we, uh, it all depends really the next steps depend on what the demand is and what, what are the customers really wanting as the next um, backend database. Great. Do you happen to know if there's plans in the future to have um, sort of two data sources coming into the same software project? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting question. So right now you can have different data sources and different bases from the same, from Airtable. So mm -hmm. if you use Airtable, it doesn't have to be your, um, even one, um, yeah, you, you, you might use different data um, sorry, different bases and different yeah. tables from um, like just in one page, that's all possible. Um, but different data sources, maybe. <laughs> we haven't had any like use case like that, but we will see. We'll see. Well, the, the thing is that, I mean, depends on your page structure, right? If you want to have maybe, depends on how you, you store your data, uh, uh, like, and in some use cases, you might have something in Airtable, you know, something in Google Sheets and some other things completely in MailChimp. So right now what we do, we have an integration with Zapier and you could you could potentially send data back to Zapier, but 
Then also another option is just to pull data through Zapier and show inside software. That's something we don't have yet, but um, that's another option. And then that gives more possibilities of bringing data from completely different data sources. Sure. So yes, potentially could be. <laughs> but already being able to show things from multiple Airtable bases within the same software project is, you know, something people ask all the time is, can I combine yeah. bases? And you kind of can with synced tables in Airtable. But, you know, mm -hmm. there's limitations for that. Uh, but on the front end perspective, it's great to hear that you can uh, take multiple yeah. bases <laughs> and show the data all in one spot. Because, you know, the people do not think uh, based on tables, right? How their data is structured. Structured, They think of like from a business product perspective, what do I want my customers to see? What do I want them to do, right? It's more like a high level perspective of uh, what do they want to accomplish instead of how is my structure in the database, in the Airtable basis? And that is where kind of software comes from. It just allows you building the product coming from that perspective. And then data is kind of a secondary thing. Then I can use this data and this data from here and there and just combine and have a nice, a beautiful application. Great. Well, I say, why don't we just take a look um, at a project in software so that you can help us walk through all the things that are possible? Sure, for sure. Happy to. So well, let me just go over quickly uh, on the website and talk about use cases a bit and, and then happy to also showcase one of the use cases. So um, right now, I mean, we are updating our website. It's, it's quite old already. Um, but right now, what it says is you can build powerful websites, web apps, and client portals on Airtable in 10 minutes, really without like zero learning curve. This is really kind of one of the core pr propositions we have. And the different use cases that you can build is listings, uh, any types of directories in reality, um, and also membership directories. So putting authentication on top of that. Uh, you can also have tables in front of that. Then upvoting sites like product hunt, job boards, some examples here, online courses, food delivery, marketplaces, simple websites as well, static websites. I'm not going to go through each other. And the portals are not listed here, by the way. These are, these are new ones that we haven't added yet. But sure. basically, it can also be employee portals within organization or customer client portals that someone within their organization, let's say, collects some stores, projects, tasks, and then they share it with their own clients to kind of update and um, have different controls as a client instead of having control over everything. Or then also you could decide what gets updated, what gets viewed, etc. So um, as a use case, right now I'm gonna show this, this one simple one which I built just to show kind of the membership capability. So basically on software, on every website you're building, you can add authentication, meaning login, sign up, flow, etc. You could also have Stripe payments so uh, you could also restrict specific content on the page, either on page level or, or block level, based on logged in user status or different attributes of the user or the payable as well. So if someone, for example, has paid for a specific course, only then they see this course. If someone is a member, only then they see the data behind the login. So in this case, what it does is basically, it's a simple page which doesn't show courses, and then here I can say sign up. So in this case, I have a user. I'm, I'm just gonna sign in with my user. And then only in this case, I see the list of courses. I can click on a course, 
we see the course uh, or we watch the video. So this one, yeah, if we change on the back end, it's gonna also allow me watching. I can quickly filter through the inline filters that are given to me. And all of this is out of the box already coming from software. I can just search for a specific item. Um, and then what I can do as well is, um, and the search by the way also works on any field. You can choose that's something that you can configure. And then, yeah, I can also just see all of the different information. I could also potentially click on a specific list item and see more details on the edit, on the um, details page. I'll just very quickly show that example as well. And then let's move on to the, to the building. So we have one other example, which is a real estate listings directory. So mm -hmm. in this case, I have all of these real estates nicely laid out and then I can filter of course but I can also go to a specific details page and then here there is a nice details page where you can showcase the, like all of the images of this apartment and then some more information and you can add as many fields as you like as much information as you like to show and then if I'm interested I can apply and see yeah do a specific query and um, try to buy it or something like that so now um Let's just go back to the editor, to the application itself. So when I log into software, uh, I'm able to create a new application by clicking on this button. I could choose from website examples, which are the static websites. And then I could also say a web app, create a web app, which offers all of the different templates we have currently. So in this case, I have already a template that I have made. So I'm gonna just use that and show um, how to add on top the authentication, the membership, and then allow people seeing a specific page only when they are logged in. So in this case, I have this homepage, which has this sign up, sign in buttons. And then I have courses page, which right now is empty. So right now we're gonna create the front end to map it to my Airtable for, um, for the courses and then show how, um, how basically we hide behind the gate, gated content. Sure. Let me just open this. Um, so I have my startup school template. So it's a template that we have from one of our templates. I have my Airtable base set up already. There is title, speakers, etc., and also the video and an image from YouTube. So what I'm gonna do here, um, here basically the main concept software has is building blocks. So everything is built using these building blocks. As you can notice, there is, you know, header, hero, feature section. And for each section, we offer different layouts already pre-built for you. You can change all of the design, everything kind of is customizable uh, to the level that makes sense. So there is kind of nice uh, grain uh, between customizability um, and ease of use. So we try to kind of find the balance where it's that people people really need to customize and where they don't need to really. And um, the reason doing that is because everything that you build on software is automatically also responsive. It looks really mm -hmm. nice on every other platform. So you don't need to care about that. So what I'm gonna do is basically here, I'm gonna add a new block, which is for the web app functionality, it's list. I'm just going to the list group and then choosing one of these existing um, pre-given building blocks. So I'm gonna choose the one that has video in it. And here, basically I have the skeleton now. And what I need to do is just mapping this to my Airtable base. 
So here I'm going to select my Airtable base. Um, let's say startup school template which is the one that I'm using. Select the table and then I cannot choose a default view. Let's choose the, the one that we have. I can decide based on which field I need to filter. I need to sort, sorry. I can decide how many items per page I want to show. And then let's move um, Let's move to the next one and then I'll come back to these conditional filters because it's also something really interesting. So these inline filters are the ones that are shown here. I can decide to show them on top, on the left or on, on the right hand side. Let's show on the left. And then here I'm gonna choose which, based on which field I want this filter to work on. So in this case, it's gonna be, if we look at the Airtable base, it's the subject is the grouping. So I'm gonna use that in my mapping, sorry, subject. And then here, I'm just gonna copy the data. I So we just need to enter the values manually because Airtable API doesn't provide right now all of the values. And then, so basically, if you see anything I'm changing on this right-hand side, immediately shows up here on the left side. So also the same if we were to change the text here, so you see it gets updated immediately. Got it. So here, let's go back to the filter, to the mapping of the list. Um, here on the search area, I could also decide to not show the search, but then here I can decide based on which field I want this to be searched. So in this case, I will say title, that's good enough. Um, and now list item is basically each item. So anything I map here is automatically gonna map the data from the Airtable database to the front end. So let's say for the image video, I'm gonna show the, the image. For the title, let's show the title. For the subtitle, let's show the description. It shows up here. And yeah, that's it. So I have all of the mapping done already. And um, yeah, empty state. And then on action, I could decide what happens once the user clicks on a specific list item. One thing, so right now it's just gonna open the media because it's a YouTube link. I wanna, I want it to show the YouTube link, the YouTube video. Um, I could also say open external URL that automatically again can come, the data can, can come from Airtable or open another page. And then here, this could be a details page, for example. I could create one kind of template details page. And then once I say open details page, it's gonna work for each item. So I don't need to repeat that. But for now, let's say open media. Okay. So now basically we are done. Uh, let's just preview and see how it looks like. Yeah, so I can already filter by specific category. I can search for a specific category. And then, um, yeah, I can see all of the information. So now let's uh, let's close this. And I want to show as well that almost everything basically here is customizable. You can just change the uh, image sizes, the colors, the background, the roundness of the cards, and also the colors of all, all of the filters. So let's say for to match the entire design, I'm gonna change the the colors here to nicely match here. You see the change? Mm -hmm. um, and then the hover background, let's leave it as it is. And then the border as well to what I have on top. So it looks a bit nicer. 
Um, yeah, there, all of these elements are configurable. You see on the back end, there is colors, like there is images you can put. We have integrated um, illustrations, images from pixels and lots of other cool stuff, but I'm not gonna go into details for that. And also one important thing right now is that I want to hide this courses page, because basically in the pages list, this home page is visible to everyone. I want to make it so that courses page is only visible to the logged in users. So the way to do it, I'm going to go to page settings blog area. And then in the visibility area, I'm going to define that it's only visible to the logged in users and save it. So now you see the log here and um, it's, yeah, we'll verify this in a minute. Before we move on, I'm going to show also one thing here that is very important, the conditional filters. So these conditional filters help define pre-filter your list before the user sees it. So as an example, I could say, show all of these, um, show the list that um, has the user of the logged in email. So let's say if I, as a user, as an employee, only want to show my, to see my tasks or my projects, then you can filter it accordingly. I could say here, it doesn't just, it doesn't match that that very, very much because, um, because I don't have the email of the user in these cards, but sure. basically... Yeah, so the idea that is that based on user's attributes, the one who is logged in, you can filter anything here, whether it's a role, as an example, if it's an employee manager um, logging in, depending on their role, you might you are able to show different data. Okay, cool. So now let's go back to home. So here, when, uh, so what I do in order, in order to show a specific a different header uh, once the user is logged in because it doesn't make sense to show sign up and sign in. I'm going to just duplicate this header. And for the second one, I'm going to remove the buttons. So basically the, the way it works is this is the sidebar to change the header. I have all of my links defined here. I have the buttons. I'm just going to remove the buttons. So you see they're gone. And then I'm going to say show user profile. And then in this case, this icon appears, the user profile icon, and by default, it has the sign out button. So what I want to say is basically, once the user is not logged in, show this first header, and then if the user is logged in, only the second header. So basically for the first header, I just clicked on it. I'm seeing now the sidebar for the first header. I'm going to this small icon, which is for defining the block visibility. And then I'll say define, show this first header only to the non-logged in users. And then for the second header, I am doing the same action for logged in users. So as you can see, there is these logs appearing here. Um, so you can define really granular permissions and visibility rules. So based on, based on a block and based on a specific page, on a page level. Got so it. right now, the logged in user shouldn't be able to see these buttons but we will check in a minute. And then before we are, we are done, we need to also create sign-in and sign-up pages. So that's really simple. So we just create sign-in. sign And for now, I'm not gonna design it that much, but I could also have my own. Yeah, let me just go ahead. First so of all, before, I don't have... Before we get into that, I noticed you just made a page and the footer and the two headers showed up automatically. Exactly, exactly. That's very nice. Yes, and if I don't want that to happen, because on sign-in page, ideally, I don't want any header, right? So what I'm going to do is going to the specific 
um, page settings and then mm -hmm. define that default header and footer are not visible on this page. Uh, maybe mm -hmm. the footer makes sense, but the headers does not. Okay, Ooh, and now okay. I don't Cool. So, um, so now let's add the sign-in block. So in order to have the entire sign-in workflow, I'm just gonna choose user accounts section. And then here there is different forms for sign-in, sign-up, user profile, password, forget, reset password, etc. So I just need the sign-in. And then I could also, of course, upload my, um, I upload my um, logo, uh, change background color, etc. all of the design components. Like I can change the style of this element, the buttons, etc. But for now, let's just go with the default version. So what I need to do here is um, um, on the sign-in form, it defines that I have these two fields, right? And then the sign-in button, so on the action, it already has pre-built for you the sign-in action. So you don't have to do anything. Um, in the future, we will also allow modifying and maybe let's say adding another action like sending an email or something similar. But basically all of the things are kind of pre-built for you. You don't have to care and build it from scratch. And then once I, um, I, sign, I click on this button, here you can define what happens after page, uh, what, which page is open after signing button is clicked. And instead of home, we want to redirect them to the courses page. Of course here, I could also have the forget password and show uh, yeah, the sign up button if, to sign up the users if they, are not, they don't have accounts, but let's come back to this, to this a bit later. And now we have our sign-in page. So now we also need to have sign up because if the people are not signed up, they need to be redirected to this page. Again, same thing here, let's remove the headers. So here, let me add the sign up block. On the user accounts, again, uh, I'm gonna select sign up form. And here, as you can see, there is also the name that it asks. I can just remove that, I don't need it for, for now. The sign up action is predefined again. And then terms and conditions if I not need that. And page after sign up. So let's say if I sign up for the first time, again, I want to redirect the user to the courses page because they have a membership now. And then for when I click on this button, the action should be, it should take me to the sign-in page, obviously, for the sign-in button. And then let's go back to the sign-in page and define this, this button because right now we have already the sign-up page which says open page, sign up. As you can notice, there is also other options here, scroll to section inside the same page or open external URL. But for now, we're gonna go with open page. And um, what we need to do right now is going back to home page and defining that, you know, these buttons redirect to the correct pages. So here on the right-hand side, I have button sign up and sign in. For the sign up, it's actually pre-built already <laughs> because I have, I have already done this once and then deleted it. <laughs> but basically what you do is open page and select a specific page that you want it to be redirected to. So now we need to check if that works. Let's publish. And so as you can see, uh, because I think I have signed up with this user already, um, just to also go back to the editor and let's show the, that there is already a user like this. So I have a user already with this sign up just from my previous demo. And so let's say this is the homepage when I'm not signed in, right? I see this, um, this uh, also section which says create your free account to have access to the classes. And now if I want to open the classes page, 
where the URL through the URL, which was courses, you can see it doesn't allow me to see the pages because I'm not logged in. So now let's go back to this page and click sign in because I do have the user account already created. Sign in. Now I'm redirected to this other page, courses, where I see all of the data because I'm a member now. Of course, here I could also say, you know, show only the courses that belong to me or I have paid for the specific courses or the projects that I'm part of, etc. So there are lots of variations you could have. But on top, I think, yeah, this is also important to show that you, you see now that we don't see the other header, which was the buttons, sign in and sign up. And instead, we see the profile icon, which says you could sign up, sign, sign out, and then I see the homepage. So that's in short, uh, basically what, like within just five, 10 minutes, we already built kind of a membership site. Yeah, and that was very thing, quick. And one thing to add as well. So all of the users that sign up here um, are stored on software. There is a data tab where you see all of your users. There's two even two possibilities to see, to have users on the test data mode, meaning once you preview and let's say you have made the changes and you don't want to publish them because you are not ready yet, you could just preview and test your changes in the test mode. And then once you are ready, you publish and then the real users you will see in this page. And also the important thing and interesting thing is that here all of the users are not detached from Airtable. So you, they could sign up here using our sign-in sign-up page, but you could also have those users in Airtable already before using software. And then what you need to do here is you just connect your Airtable specific users table to this, and then it automatically populates all of the data to here. And then all of your Airtable users are able to use the application on software. And they, the reason we also have these users here instead of just relying purely on Airtable is because you don't want to store your passwords on Airtable, right? So software takes care of all of the security aspects of that. It stores here the email and just the name and the password behind, uh, which is not visible uh, to anyone. And then all of the other information that you need related to users, you could store in Airtable and then just nicely use that data that comes from Airtable in all of your listing pages. I hope that makes sense. And uh, and yeah, makes that's sense basically to me. it. <laughs> Um, that is super cool. And um, as you were going through, uh, things seemed to make sense to me, the, the way uh, the user interface was kind of designed. Um, I like that uh, headers and footers just appear. Uh, by default, um, there's yeah. a there's a great many services that build websites and web apps that let you have a, a default header, if you will, but you have to add it mm -hmm. to each page. And yeah. it's just such a nice little mm -hmm. thing to just be there by default, exactly. um, as Thank the you. name Thank would you. imply. <laughs> Very nice. And we obviously did that over the course of one episode. The first 10 or so minutes weren't even you doing anything we were just talking and in that time span um very quickly able to bring in data from Airtable and then edit the design on the fly it seems very responsive both in time it takes to show the changes to you and responsive in terms of things adjusting to the size of the screen um mm -hmm. yes very exactly. nice um you guys are constantly um making announcements for new features that have been that are being added and whatnot uh, what are some of the newer sort of additions to softer? Mm -hmm. 
the bigger changes basically are now allowing a uh, more powerful functionality of filtering. So you could pre-filter lists based on different components like user's email, uh, logged in status, and all of the other attributes like roles, uh, company name, etc. So it really enables lots of different use cases for internal company use cases or also just individual. And then um, other things that we just released recently are dynamic fields on the details page and also right now releasing on Monday dynamic fields on the lists themselves. So right now you saw these pre, pre-made blocks that we offer. The layout can be customized in, in, in colors and designs. They, they were static to some extent so far, but right now you could also add as many fields as you like, as many types as you like. So whether it's header, uh, separator, text, single text, or rating or button, you can do all of that. So it really makes it customizable to, to an extent you really need like whatever you want to do. And the, the more interesting thing coming up is really editing, updating data on the front end. So right now, all of the things I showed you was mainly reading data and showing in software application, right? So what's coming soon is also allowing people to update their profiles, to update their listings, etc. All of that kind of back, uh, so the communication back to Airtable, which is which is one thing which most of the yeah not not many applications are doing, and this is really making it more user friendly and more powerful for for the users and users. Sure. So going beyond just displaying data, exactly. um, but being able to edit it from the front end. And because um, software allows you to only show a logged in users specific records that are related to them, you kind of get around one of Airtable's main sort of limitations in that their permit uh, permission structures aren't very robust. You either exactly. can see yeah. everything and not edit, or you can see nothing. That's exactly. really how their uh, permission structure works. But with you guys, once you add the the functionality to edit records on the front end, you'll be able to say, here are all of your tasks or all of your projects. You can edit these and you won't even see all the other ones. And that yeah. would be a yeah. great benefit. I exactly. Think. And even beyond that, you could even define on your own what roles and permissions you want to have. For example, you could say, you know, role one can edit all of the things, role two can, or employee can just edit the things that belong to them or something beyond. So it's, it's really going to be more granular. So uh, yeah, it's, it's even more customizable. Yeah, that's great. Um, and it, it might be out there. Feel free to say no. Would mm-hmm. it, would another role possibly be to submit potential changes and have them being held for review. I don't even know how you would do that. Actually, you can do it right now in software. Let me, let me just show a case. Yeah, please. (laughs) That would be cool. Do you mean like adding new information back to Airtable? Well, um, I I can see uh, a particular use case being, I have uh, an employee who makes suggestions to edit certain content. And before Mm -hmm. those are like, published someone with a higher permission level with yes. you know click a checkbox yeah so what you can do right now if that you can do right now even as well so let's say we have this job board template right so it shows all of the jobs that are listed in Airtable so I can add a new job and I, like what you suggested it could be a suggestion for form or whatever these forms are coming from software you can also have, of course embed Airtable forms but we have our own custom one as well sure. so i could create a new job and then submit this automatically goes back to Airtable but it goes 
behind. So let me just show you that. It doesn't go as approved. So there is a field which specifically will be shown. Uh, I don't have it here, but um, just to explain. Um, so the job board Airtable base would basically show all of the fields and have an, one additional field which says approved or not. And then everything that goes back from here to Airtable is not approved. And then someone would manually go over, check all the new records, approve it. And then here, what happens on the first page, I have defined that it, it shows only the lists coming, the, the fields coming from the, um, the approved view. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes total sense. I yeah. actually can, can show it here. Wait a minute. So the job board template we have. So this is our standard template. And here there is an approved field approved. So mm. once someone adds something, it comes and adds up to, to the list nicely. But then here I have two views, which says grid view and approved view. And the data on software's application is only showing the data from approved view. So unless I approve here I or I do any other action, really, um, it doesn't show up there. Great. Makes sense. And that answers my question. Awesome. <laughs> This has been great. Thank you so much for demonstrating for us. Um, software is available now, um, right? People can just go ahead and sign up and make their own. Yeah, I. Yeah, uh, we will put the links in the description um, of this episode, wherever they may be. Um, if there's anything else you would like to say, uh, feel free. Yeah, thank you. Thanks so much for the invite. Uh, and happy to, if, if people have any questions or any use cases that they're not sure if you could, they could build on software, we have an online chat that's we're available all the time. So just, just send us a message. And also you can find us on Twitter, on LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, with software.io name. Um, yeah, feel free to, to just follow us and also subscribe to our email list because we are releasing every week, almost almost every week, but for sure every every second week. So you will get much more updates very soon. Um, yeah, once you subscribe, you will you will listen about hear about all of the updates. We will put the links to all of those in the description. Thank you awesome. so much you. for being on. Thank you as well. Thanks a lot. Thanks for watching. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to give it a like or hit us up on social at Built On Air. We always love to hear your comments and suggestions. And don't forget to subscribe to catch new episodes when they release. It helps us keep the podcast going.